Stranger Smith. This is my podcast, episode 13. Hey, if this is your first podcast to listen to by me, I encourage you to go backwards and listen to some more episodes. This is my way to tell the whole story from the back of my bus. Thanks for listening. This is a fun time for me. Touring has been absolutely insane, which it usually is in the summer. Uh, I'm currently in Colorado. Just got back from Australia and Hawaii yesterday, last night. We got in about midnight and jumped on the bus and then woke up in Brighton, Colorado, where we're going to play county fair today. Uh, We fly to Mississippi tomorrow, and then we fly back to meet the buses in Oregon, play shows in Washington, and then to Kansas, and that's about as far as I can remember. But um, it's a good time. It's a good time to be touring, that's for sure. I've been excited about a lot of things lately, especially right now, because I have this brand new book out called If Your City, If Your Country. And I'm going to do a lot of interviews, I'm going to do a lot of radio shows about this, but today I want to take you behind the curtain and tell you where the idea came from, how the heck we wrote it, and who I wrote it with. From creation to finish line, here's the whole story. All right, if you want me to answer a question from you on this podcast, go to social media, ask your question, and then hashtag Granger Smith Podcast. That way I could search for it, like I'm doing right now, read it, and answer it. This one's on Twitter from Quinn Odenthal. It says, can you start each podcast with like a one-minute section of an unreleased song? Quinn, I think that's a great idea. Here's a song that didn't make the last record. I still think it's a great song. And just because it's not on an album doesn't mean it's gone forever. But let me know what you think. This is called Still Find You. You could be a needle in a haystack Buried way down deep in the back Of the barn in the middle of nowhere I'd still find you there You could be a raindrop in the desert Or a snowflake in a blizzard Girl, it don't matter how close or how far Ain't nothing gonna keep us apart I'd still find you Driving me crazy with the baby blue eyes Looking at me, blowing my mind I'd still find you Making me want you like I want you right now And girl, I want you right now Oh, there's no place I won't go There's nothing I won't do Even when I'm thinking I'm losing myself Thanks for the question, Quinn. We could play this game every single podcast. I got lots of songs. I actually wrote that song in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I was on tour, and I had some buddies out riding. We called ourselves SGOP. And the funny thing about it is during that trip, over the course of three days, we wrote Happens Like That, Never Too Old, Still Holds Up, and Still Find You. And so of that entire trip, Still Find You was the only song that didn't make the When the Good Guys Win album. By the way, I'm on that same bus right now. Uh, We are parked in Kansas City. I'm going to play a show tonight. I've moved around a little bit since I started this episode. Uh, I started that in Colorado, and then I went back to Mississippi. Then I went back to the West Coast and played a couple shows in Washington State. I went home for a day and a half. Here I am in Kansas City. Tomorrow is Louisville and then Baltimore. If you want to keep up with me, go to grangersmith.com forward slash tour. Love to see you on the road. That's my favorite thing of everything that we do is touring. 
And uh, I also like to meet you. We have VIP packages available on my website. We have a, a silver meet and greet and a gold meet and greet. The gold gets to come up on my bus and hang out for a little bit, take some pictures, sign whatever you need, and get to know you. And that's what happens. I really get to know my fans during these meet and greets and kind of get my gauge on how the show's going to go. What what kind of people are, are at the show tonight? Um, I hear all kinds of personal stories, and I love that. I, I, that's one of my favorite things is, is learning who I'm performing to. I have notes, letters that, that you guys have written me. Some of them are very heartfelt letters, and I have every single one of them under this mattress right here in my bed and in the back of my bus. I want to talk about some of that one of these days. I want to make an entire podcast about these letters and, and about these people and their stories and how that inspires me to be a better artist. That tractor, massy red paint, takes a couple more cranks these days, but it still holds up. Yeah, it still holds up. That 45 wax wailing song Every time it comes on It might have a little crackle in the vinyl But give it a little time And it'll hit you down deep in the gut It still holds up It feels good Still burn like a kitten Like a Detroit engine Like a cold glass bottle Coke And mama cooking in the kitchen Man, it never gets old Like who I am And where I'm from Damn right, sure So if you're listening to these podcasts in order, and the last one you heard was episode 12, which that's pretty cool if you are. Thank you for that. But you know that I've been telling this story since the very beginning of my career. And I've kind of been leading you down this path. And I think that's important for you to know as a fan. I would sure want to know it. You know, I was a huge George Strait fan. And I would have loved to have heard something like this from George. And maybe that's where the inspiration of all of this comes from. But I've been leading you down this path, and in and, and that path, it's about 2009-10, and I was working on a brand new album called Poets and Prisoners, and things are about to get really, really pivotal in my career. Things are about to get really important, and I have to tell you that story. But meanwhile, on this episode 13, I want to take a little bit of a departure, because I have this new book that's just hitting Amazon right now. It's called If Your City, If Your Country. I guess it depends on when you listen to it. It comes out August the 21st, 2018. Now, because obviously this is not going to be sitting on the, on the front shelf of every Barnes & Noble in America, the only way I'm really going to be able to spread the word on this book that I'm very proud of is by word of mouth, by telling you. And what better way do I have than this podcast? About five years ago, I had a vision, a vision for Earl Dibbles Jr. to write a book. I remember when I was a kid back home, mom and dad had this book and it was always on the coffee table and it said on the front, 50 reasons to become a cowboy. And then you flip it over on the back and it says 50 reasons to not become a cowboy. It was a great little book with funny illustrations and these little bitty short quips in each page on why you should be a cowboy, and then you look at the other side and it would be why you shouldn't be a cowboy. And 
ever since Earl Dibbles Jr. came around, I always thought it would be so funny and fun to write a book on if your country or if your city and how to tell the difference. And so on one page I could have, you know, if your city, you're going to do this scenario. And on the other page, if your country, you'll do this scenario. And you know, what better author than Earl Dibbles to speak about this subject? Anyway, I went to New York City with my brother Tyler. And our mission in New York City was to talk to some publishers and talk to them about who Earl was and the possibility of us having a book. So I remember we sat down in the office. And keep in mind, this was about five years ago, about 2013. I remember we sat down and and a lot of people told us, this guy that you're about to meet, he knows everything about books. He's been doing this for a long time. You know, we went in there and you could see all these shelves of all these books that he'd published. And he, he kind of kicked back in his chair and his glasses down at the end of his nose. And he said, son, tell me your idea. And so I told him the basic idea of if your city, if your country. And he said, that'll never work. He said, people don't want that kind of book anymore. It used to be okay. But now you got to have a chapter. And you got to divide your book into a bunch of chapters. And so it would be something along the lines of chapter one, how to do this country activity. Say it's fishing. And you got to write several pages on how Earl Dibbles would fish. It's not a bad idea. I actually kind of like that idea. And there might be one eventually. But I was dead set on my one page, one quip with, with an illustration. And he was dead set that I was wrong. Now, any time in my career, and this has happened many times, people have looked me in the eye and said, son, that will never work. (laughs) And that just kind of lights a fire under me. You know, no one wants to hear that, especially the word never. Don't ever, ever, don't you never tell me never. I've heard it enough and I've learned enough that there's always a way. And so here I am right now on my bus holding this book. And so, hey, dude, I'm looking at never right in the face, okay? I don't have an official sponsor for this podcast besides Yee Yee Energy. And that's my energy drink. Me and my brothers made this thing. We started from the very beginning, from from taste testing recipes that companies literally sent us in the mail these little vials of energy drink and we would go back and we would say not this one not this one maybe number seven but it's too sweet can you make it a little more tangy and so we finally got the exact drink that we want so that we can call it yee yee energy and we're so proud of it i think it started you know kind of like the book kind of when red bull and, and monster and all these companies would never call us back to give us free drinks for our green room we decided screw it we'll make our own and that became yee energy i hope you try it someday go to amazon prime or grangersmith.com or get it at my live show so if you haven't realized it yet i'm very bad at taking no for an answer which drove my mom and dad crazy growing up but it has served me well in the music business because uh, you have to be extremely stubborn in the music business And I have plenty of that. When I finally decided that now is the time for the book, which was about a year and a half ago, and before I started writing, before I wrote a single page, I wanted to make one phone call. I wanted to call a guy that I knew would get this. 
And if you look at the book, if you look at page one, it says, additional content contributions by Frank Rogers, Tyler Smith, and Chris Lee. Now, you all know Chris Lee. He's my tour manager. And, and you know what he has done in the life of Earl. It's, it's been huge what he has done for Earl. And you know Tyler Smith. That's my brother, my manager. And Tyler was one of the founders of Earl with me. And, and, and he has helped tremendously in the life of what has become Earl Dibbles. But I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about Frank Rogers. He wasn't there for the first two songs of Earl. But everything after that, Frank has either been a co-producer on it or a co-writer on it. In fact, I think he's been a co-writer on all of them since Country Boy Love. Now, Frank is a huge country music producer who has been responsible for some really big superstars that owe Frank a huge amount of credit for the work that he's done on their careers. In fact, I think he's been responsible for 40 number one songs in country music. It's crazy. To me, Frank is also a great friend. And the guy is super witty. He's, he's really funny. You sit in the room with Frank for a few minutes, and he'll have you laughing. He's just that kind of guy. He's, he's, he's the class clown. And I think most of us were that, that work on Earl Dibbles, and that's what makes Earl what it is. In fact, when I first had the idea to make this book and to really execute this book, I talked to Tyler about it, and he said, cool, we'll just write you know, 50 pages of funny stuff, and, and uh, let's see what you got. And my first thought was, I got to call Frank. You know, I, there is not going to be a book without Frank. Like, Frank will be all over this idea. In fact, let me call him right now. Hello. Hey. What you doing? So, is it 40 number ones? Uh, as producer, yeah. As producer, yeah. Because we were at 39 with Backroad Song. Yep. Then you got that old uh, five more minutes. Scotty McCreary. Yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. And uh, so that's that's an even 40. We need to make that 41 very soon. Plan. That's the plan. With you in it. Absolutely. So how many of that is, uh, I know I can't remember what you said songwriting-wise, that is. I know that's 40 produced number uh, ones. Five, I think, songwriting-wise. And did you produce all five of those? I did. Okay. I've had, I have, I've had top 20s that I didn't produce, but I hadn't had a number one that I didn't produce. There's got to be a connection with that somehow. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust another producer with one of your songs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or I just know how to make them sound good so you don't know the songs aren't that good. <laughs> I'm not sure. Gotcha. All right. Well, all right, so I'm doing this podcast, and you're on it right now. Okay, we're and, on it right now. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. You're on it. And, and um, I have I've kind of led up to you a little bit here. And uh, we met in the year 2000. That sounds great. College yes. Station, Texas. Yes. Young Granger. Yeah, you flew playing in a club. Yep, one of the one of the best performances you have ever seen. It's 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 the the pinnacle of performances <laughs> in my entire career. <laughs> I think because there was a lot of cold beer and there were a lot of cute women around, yeah. and it was perfect. That had to have been um, it. Yes, uh, uh, it was it was a great show. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, I do too. So basically, what happened is. You you went down there um, by the suggestion of some publishers to mm-hmm. to go down there. Hey, check out this guy, this kid, and if we sign him to our publishing company, 
um, you could produce them, and more importantly, you could excite Granger into uh, wanting to sign with us. Because look, at we got this big rock star producer with us. Well, you you were good up until Rockstar, but well, you, okay, you're, I, you're going the right the, direction. Well, you, I think you just had Brad at the time. Um, yeah, if it was 2000, it would have been Brad, maybe Daryl Worley. Maybe Daryl, yeah, then. yeah, Daryl was out. Yes, um, we were starting on Josh Turner, but I don't, I don't believe anything had come out yet. Yeah, kind of in that that era. So the, the the crazy thing is, uh, I did sign with that company and and moved to town, and and me and you did work together. Um, but the the funny part of the story was we didn't make a real record for what fifteen years after that. I know it. Yeah, we did. Uh, we got together. We may have done a, a, a demo session, and uh, then you ended up kind of going and doing rebuilding your world down in Texas and and spreading out from there, and then we. Cr- reconnected what 10 years later I, I mean it was more like maybe 13 i said 15 but maybe about 13 2013 or 14 yeah. um, i was in a hotel room i don't remember where and i get a text message and it says granger question <laughs> mark <laughs> yeah, i said I, had, uh... I, I think i said frank <laughs> question mark we hadn't <laughs> talked in a year a decade exactly and uh, I don't remember how it came across my desk, but it may have been just coming through the the, the YouTube sidebar, or or maybe someone turned me on. I think I just, just kind of popped up, yep. and and I looked over there, and and it was Earl Dibbles Jr. And I went, that looks a whole lot like Granger used to look. <laughs> and and I hit play on it, and I went, well, that's Granger. That's not his name, but that's Granger. And I started laughing hysterically, and I said, "I gotta figure out what this guy's up to these days." Yeah, <laughs> Earl, Earl Dibbles brought us back together. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that's uh, that's part of uh, what's been so fun working together again. It's been you. You have gotten Earl since uh, the very beginning. You know, before Earl was, you know, all over TV and and has a book coming out. You got Earl way before that. And um, it, and went to your house, and we wrote the entire Remington album actually at your house. Which and, was uh, a fun, fun process. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of those songs was Backroad Song, which is, uh, and that's an, another story for another podcast. But I will tell you that it, it, that song is platinum. So hopefully, I'm the first awesome. one telling you that. Yes, we. Well, congratulations. That's so, great. Yeah. So that day we we wrote a platinum song at your house, but you you from the very beginning wanted to continue with Earl. Uh, Absolutely. Which was so, so fun. You, you said we got we got to write the Granger songs, but we also have to continue with Earl. And and I remember I said, well, great because I have this song called City Boy Stuck. I want to pitch it. And I kind of played yeah. a little bit of City Boy Stuck. And and I remember you said, yeah, that's great. We'll write it as long as we get to write a song called America. <laughs> and uh, that was that was your vision from day one. America was your baby, your vision. And, uh, well, you know, well, that's what's fun about Earl. And let's be honest, it's not me. I'm not. A, I have never done anything with Earl. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the only one with an alter ego. You have an alter ego too. Yeah, there's a fellow that looks it's, a lot like me. It's Austin Outlaw. Austin Outlaw yeah. does those things. If you look on all the but, liner notes. There is no Frank Rogers when it comes to Earl Dibbles. It's only Austin Outlaw. And I think it was we go every uh, every Fourth of July. We go to South Carolina, and 
hang out at the beach and there's a whole kind of inlet boating crew that is just as red as you can possibly be that are all our friends and we were hanging out on the 4th of July and there were flags everywhere and everybody was drinking beer and having a big time and I looked around and someone said America and I went well that's what Earl needs to do right there yep (laughs) yeah and so what a lot of people didn't know was a lot of people know Earl is based out of Texas but I don't think a lot of them knew until you just said that that Earl has a huge influence from South Carolina, which Absolutely. is which is what you've brought to the table. Um, so yeah, yeah, this has been a this has been a South Carolina Texas merger, and um, that brings me to uh, to this book. Yes, that very we wrote, exciting. and and when we wrote uh, "Don't Tread on Me," that song was completely remote. We never were in the same room at the same time. No. We emailed back and forth, and we completed the entire song separately. And that's the same way this book came about. Absolutely. Which, and it's the first time I've ever, I've written parts of songs, you know, start a song with someone and then finish it long distance or over Skype or something like that. But that song was the first time I've ever, never been in a room with the person and completely written a song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, Austin. Yeah, Austin, Austin. Yeah, so, so the only time he's ever done that. I, I remember calling you and said, all right, I have an idea. Earl needs to write a book. And, of course, you said, I'm in. And you said, Absolutely. "You said, well, what's it about? And I said, well, I think it's, it's basically just a big play on words. We'll have a little phrase that you could use in the city and then a phrase that you could use in the country. And it'll be, we'll phrase it the same, but it'll mean completely two different things. And you said, great. You said, I'm in. You said, all right, tell you what. Shoot me an email, you know, put four or five of them down there that, that you have ideas for, and then I'll shoot back four or five of my ideas, and then you clean up mine a little bit, and I'll clean up yours a little bit, and then we'll write 60 or 70 of these ideas, and then we'll keep 50 of them. That's really yeah. what it was. Exactly. I think we probably ended up close to 100, and it just kind of whittled down to the yep. the 50 best. Yep. It was, a, it was a fun process. Yeah. Did you get it? I sent you one in the mail. Did you get it yet? I got it yesterday, and I have it. I brought it to the office today, and it's sitting on my coffee table in the office. Good, good. It feels and, good and to finally hold buddy it. And our Richard Barrow, who is an engineer that we have known for years and years and years, came by to, to work on some computer computer stuff in the office today, and they walked in and said, "What is that?" <laughs> so we we lost about fifteen minutes worth of work time as he went through the book. That's <laughs> awesome. Hopefully, uh, that'll it'll be many more hours of that in the future. Absolutely. Um, I'm flipping around here, and some of my favorite uh, Frank Rogers contributions to this book, um, maybe my favorite is 401k. (laughs) If you're city and you need a retirement plan, get a 401k. If you're country and you need directions to the field party, go about half a mile past the creek, cross the cattle guard, then turn left on County Road 401, okay? Well, can you reread that with Earl's voice? Yeah. Because that was not, it's not cool when Granger does it. If you're country and you need directions to the field party, go about half a mile, cross the creek, cross the cattle guard, then turn left on County Road 401, okay? Yeah, that's the way I heard it in my head. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if, you know, if no one gets this book, which I hope a lot of people get this book, but if no one does, I had a blast writing it. Uh, I, I, we had many laughs, and as Earl has always been for me, 
That's such a creative release of this crazy strict music business that we live in and, and songs that have to go on the radio and songs that have to change people's lives. And then there's Earl that means none of that. <laughs> yeah, he still does it. And he still, and he still changes people's lives and gets on the radio somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah it's a, the Earl thing is an absolute... It's, it's mental floss. It's like, okay, oh, yeah, we can do something totally different. This is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right, buddy. Well, uh, I don't want to. I know you're busy. I don't want to keep up too much of your day, but uh, thanks for. Well, the... it's a pleasure talking to you, and thank you. I've never been on a podcast before. Well, there so you go. I, hey, a lot of Yee Nation listens to this thing, and so I think they're going to really appreciate hearing from the Frank Rogers and Austin Outlaw. Uh, hello, Yee <laughs> Nation. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for your support. And I guess I'm supposed to say, Yee Yee! <laughs> See you, buddy. You. Thank you. Bye bye. You're in it every single good time When I press rewind in my mind, yeah, I'm fine You're in it every thought of what could be All I see is you and me in my dreams and everything I don't know what the future holds All I know is, girl, you're in it Yeah, girl, you're in Frank Rogers is a good dude. He's also one of the writers on my new single, You're In It. I just got off the stage here in Kansas City. And uh, amazing crowd, amazing energy. Um, just walked back here to the back of my bus and, and turned on this computer. And I want to kind of share with you um, what it's like post-show. You know, after I leave everybody, I've said, I've said goodnight to the crew. And there's some nights when I... I come back to the bus just on cloud nine thinking we absolutely killed it. We did great. We were in sync with the crowd. Uh, And then there's nights like tonight when I get this little creeping doubt in my mind that says, did you give them everything they came to see? Or did you live up to the hype that they expected? Maybe it's because the crowd was so good. They're 7,000 strong. You know, the energy was amazing. Maybe it's because I flew this morning, flew from home and came here. And, and, and now I'm kind of coming down off of that. But for whatever reason, that's kind of an inside window to almost every artist that I know is that there's highs and lows sometimes. And, and, and you can't predict it. Sometimes you feel like um, you're on top of the world and sometimes you think you suck. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, that tonight I felt like I sucked. I felt like I... I gave it my all, but, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if my all was, uh, where it needed to be tonight. You know, I've had this feeling ever since we started pulling good crowds, the first good crowds that I would see, there's this, there's this feeling about middle of the show. I'm looking out there into a, a really good group of fans. And I think any minute now they're going to realize I'm not what they expected to see. Like they, they bought a ticket expecting one thing and then here I am and I'm, I'm, I'm just not delivering what they thought. <laughs> but that's what keeps me coming back. And tomorrow there's Louisville. It's a new day and I'll have a fresh swing at it. The only reason I even bring this stuff up is because I want this podcast to be as real as possible. I want you to hear, as I've said, the whole story. But now 
Uh, it's midnight. I've got radio calls to start at 8 a.m. tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day. I'm going to shut this down, and uh, I'm going to continue on the story about how this book came about. And I want to tell you about one of the biggest goofballs in my band and crew and how his crazy, sick mind has always helped Earl Dibbles Jr. be funnier. Right now, I'm going to get some sleep, then I'll tell you how. Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I am today. Feeling much better. Got some good rest. Got my radio calls done this morning. Went and got some Texas Roadhouse. And uh, I'm feeling on fire. Ready for the show tonight. I want to talk about another contributor to this book. And that's a guy that lives with me on Wildflower. It's my tour manager, Chris Lee. I've known him since I was a teenager. He was a drummer at the Garland Opry many, 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 many years ago, and I was one of the singers. A few years after that, I moved to Nashville, and Chris was already living in Nashville. I didn't know anybody in that whole town, so I pulled out a phone book, and I went through all the Chris Lees. This was obviously before Facebook, before you could just look someone up on social media. I looked up in the phone book all the Chris Lees, and I literally started calling them, and they would say, hello, and I would say, Chris, Lee, and they say, yeah, then I say, from Garland, Texas? And they said, huh? And I would hang up. (laughs) I went through the whole list of Chris Lee's. None of them were him until one night, a Friday night, I was out at a honky-tonk by myself. And I see this guy, and he walks up to me, and he says, Granger Smith from the Garland Opry? And I said, Chris, where you been, man? And he said, oh, just hanging out and working, doing some music. And I said, do you want to be roommates? I don't have a roommate. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. We became roommates in Nashville. Uh, a few years after that, I moved back to Texas, started the band, started the music scene in Texas. Uh, Chris continued working, later got married, uh, started a family in Nashville. And when I finally realized it was time for me to hire a full-time tour manager on salary, Chris was my first phone call. It was a perfect match because the guy is stupid. He's really stupid. Um, he is insanely funny. He has me laughing all the time. And he was there co-writing the Country Boy song from the very beginning of Earl's musical career. He also co-wrote with me City Boy Stuck, America, and Don't Tread on Me. Chris has also helped me from the beginning of Dip'em and Pick'em, which is my CBS Sports Network inside college football special that Earl hosts picking college football games every week. I want the record to be known that uh, Chris is also Uh, He always brags about going to the gym all the time and and getting gains, and he's this ultimate bro in the gym. I want to just set the record straight that I could lift more than him in every category. He'll argue with you and say that I could only beat him in bench press, but that's actually not true. I could beat him in every other category. Just saying. And if there needs to be some kind of online competition, if we need to have a, a video competition of this, bring it on. So needless to say, when I needed help writing this book, when I needed some jokes, and I'm on the bus, Wildflower, talking about it, Chris is the perfect addition to this lunacy. For instance, one time I'm sitting here, I'm on the bus writing jokes. Chris knows what I'm doing. He looks up from his phone and he says, I got one for you. Mohawk. And I said, okay. By the way, this is page 20, Chris's joke. It says, if your city, Mohawks are a hairstyle for those city folk who feel like they're a little bit more rooster than chicken. The next page says, if your country, on the farm, the more rodents you have, 
the Mohawks. Another time he's passing him in the hall and he says, Quota. If you're city, some jobs make you sell a certain amount of city things each year. I'm pretty sure that's a quota. Next page. If you're country, two dimes plus a nickel. I'm pretty sure that equals a quota. (laughs) When I want to explain what an idiot Chris is, how stupid his jokes are. Uh, I, I need to go no farther than his podcast that he has. It's called On the Road with Chris Lee. And as a lot of you know, when I put out the album, When the Good Guys Win, I called fans to thank them for buying the album. They would submit to a form. I would get their number and I would call and say, hey, thanks for buying music. Uh, it really helps an artist like me tremendously. Chris made a podcast episode calling fans that did not buy the album. It's pretty funny. Here's a clip of it. Hey, man. What's hey. up? Oh, not much. Hey, I just, I was looking at my records, and it looks like you did not buy If the Good Guys Win. So are you going to be going out today or tomorrow? I'm sorry. Yeah. Chris, so. Yes, with Granger. So why didn't you buy the album exactly? Did you buy the last one? I think you may have the wrong number, Dave. What is this about? I want to know why you didn't buy When the Good Guys Win. It's a great album, and a lot of people bought it, but I ran across my list here, and I see that you did not. So I wanted to find out what's going on. You want me to put you down for a couple? Yeah, I'll send them to you. I don't even know the stereo, man. What, what's your address? I don't know where you got this number, dude, but you went off base here. All right, I'll put you down for three, and then if you no, need more... Don't put me down for shit. If you need more, just let me I know. know. I, don't, I, don't know I don't know what's going on here, man, but I have not ordered nothing. I don't, I don't even have a stereo system. Why the hell would I want an album? Okay, so just three, or do you want me to put you down for a fourth? No, 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 don't, don't put me down for shit. You don't, you don't understand, don't, don't put me down for nothing. Okay. There's you a tar- don't understand that, plain, plain simple down English. Yeah. I do you, not want what it is, or it is you're selling. I understand if you don't have the internet, but... I do we not se- want it. I do not want it. There should be a Target, yeah, a Target or a Walmart close by there, within driving distance. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your time. So there he is on his podcast. It's Chris Lee on tour with Chris Lee podcast. And if you have been in a meet and greet of mine, maybe you've bought a VIP ticket and for some reason uh, the time changed and you were never notified by my tour manager and you wonder what he was doing, that's what he was doing. Yes, being stupid. But (laughs) I think that's hilarious. And and you could imagine um, these are the kind of guys that I've recruited to help me write this book 
if your city, if your country. You know, the only other component that I haven't mentioned yet is the illustrations. And that's by an outstanding artist named Patrick Beaterer. And he lives in Illinois, just outside of Chicago. He, he probably wouldn't want me to tell you inside Chicago because he wouldn't want you to think that he's a city boy. Um, but hey, being country or city, it's in the heart, not in the closet, right? At least that's what Earl likes to say. But Patrick is an incredible artist that my brother Tyler found, believe it or not, on Instagram. Reached out to him. He had never done a book before, but he saw all the, uh, this amazing work that he had done on Instagram and, and approached him about it. And Patrick took on this task and really captured Earl in the cartoon essence. Which is ironic because Earl in real life exists as a, a real life cartoon as himself. And so making him into a cartoon seems to make perfect sense. But Patrick truly captured um, the cartoon version of Earl. And we did go through a couple different versions. Patrick started drawing Earl pretty serious looking. Super strong jawline and, and real serious face. And I had him soften it up just a little bit to make it, you know, more of a uh, a likable guy. Because Earl, in my mind, Earl is a likable guy. And it's funny because kids love Earl Dibbles Jr. And I think they're going to love this book. It let my kids love it. Uh, my, my four-year-old Lincoln, from the moment he saw the final copy of this book, he just gets mesmerized by it. It comes out August 21st, so depending on when you've heard this podcast, it's either out or it's just about to come out, and we're selling it exclusively on Amazon, at least right now, because Amazon has been an excellent partner with us on Yee Yee Energy, and it's super simple to get something on Amazon Prime with free shipping. It's a no-brainer. I hope that you guys check it out. It's a fun passion project for me. It's been a blast making it with these nutheads, and as always, give me your feedback. Let me know what you think of it. I hope it makes you smile. And it happens like that. Out of the blue sky, lost in her blue eyes. Yeah, when it happens like that. Nothing to lose turns right into you. Doing all you can do just to keep her around. Till the moon goes down and you're back at your house. One thing leads to another. You loving each other when looking you never look back. It happens like that. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Come find me on tour, Granger Smith forward slash tour. We'll see you down the road.